This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Rise above and be in control with today's business headlines, driven by Volvo Cars. Good morning, it's 7.49 right now. You're listening to The Morning Run. Melissa, Joyce and Han here with you as we take you through the top business news of the day. But before that, let me tell you what's coming up on The Breakfast Grill shortly in about 15 minutes or so. Joyce, you will be on The Breakfast Grill speaking to Datuk Muzaffar Hisham. He is the global CEO of Maybank Global Banking. Yeah, so uh, he's the group CEO of Maybank Global Banking and Datuk Muzaffar, uh, he took on that that. Uh, driving seat uh, at Maybank Global uh, since July 2016. So, you know, and, and this global banking business is the second largest contributor to the Maybank Group. Right. Okay, so it's important to, I guess, have a look at how they're going to continue their earnings uh, momentum going forward. But also, I mean, this is the era of digital disruption, right? How are they facing that within the finance yeah, sector? For banks and the operating landscape for banks, definitely that's gotten a lot more challenging over the years, even more so recently. Talk to him about about that. Yeah, I mean, looking at Maybank's earnings for the first two quarters of this year, they saw on-year growth for each of those quarters. But moving forward, you've got the IMF who has down, uh, what revised downwards their global growth forecast. Malaysia also seeing its uh, growth outlook revised downwards. So if you subscribe to the view of banks being seen as a proxy to economic growth, what does that mean for not just Maybank Global, but Maybank as a whole as well? Again, like you mentioned, Joyce, given that Maybank Global is the second largest earnings contributor to the overall group. Yeah, quite big, over Mm. 40%. Okay, Mm. well, we'll find out more on The Breakfast Grill coming up shortly just after the 8 o'clock news bulletin. But one of the biggest news that caught our attention this morning has definitely been the fact that Dyson, which is a British company known for vacuum cleaners and reinventing the... um, the fan and the hairdryer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, now they are moving into the electric car business and they've chosen Singapore as the site for their electric car factory. So this factory is expected to begin operations by the end of the year and the first car is scheduled to come off the production line by 2021. So why Singapore? Well, I, I think uh, Dyson cited some of uh, the reasons were that the city-state's supply of engineering talent, availability of regional supply chains, and how close it is to key market, key target markets. And uh, Dyson already has over a thousand employees at manufacturing sites in Singapore, as well as I think they're in Malaysia, China, and the Philippines. And it's also uh, worth mentioning here. I think that they're probably they're targeting their products at China. Uh, that is the world's largest electric car market, where most car make are focusing their skills at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My biggest takeaway from this, mm. Malaysia missed out. Okay, Because if you look at, say, news reports from September, just last month, okay, Malaysia was apparently one of the uh, countries shortlisted for this uh, EV plant. So it was Malaysia, Singapore, China, and the UK as potential locations for the plant. Long story short, they've gone with their testing facility in the UK and the manufacturing facility in Singapore. Now, you recall that uh, not too long ago, uh, the Prime Minister went to the UK and met a ton of visitors, yep, uh, yep. investors, yep. not visitors, investors, uh, you know, on his way to New York and then uh, made a pit stop there on the way back again. And he met Dyson right over there. Now, one of the headlines that came out of that was that Walt Dyson said there could be more investment here in Malaysia. Now, not saying that they won't invest some more in their Johor plant, right? But that is not for the electric vehicle plant. And this could have tied in very nicely with the third national car 
in short, Malaysia missed out. So, so when you say Malaysia missed out, what we wanted to do was essentially, if you look at what Singapore had done, Singapore had built cars back in the, uh, put together. 40s, I Yeah, think. back in, yeah, very, very, yeah. Uh, many, many decades ago. They had put together cars, assembled cars. So now they're putting cars again, putting manufacturing cars again, but higher tech cars. So mm. they're getting all these, this wonderful technological transfer into the, uh, into the country. Um, in, and that's what we wanted to do, right? We wanted to move beyond just manufacturing low-cost mm. items and move into manufacturing high-value, um, high-tech uh, vehicles. Yeah, if you look at uh, what Dyson has here in Malaysia, I think they have this manufacturing hub called the Malaysian Development Centre in Sinai, Johor. This was since 2003. And the Dyson factory in Johor employs about 1,200 people. 80% of which are Malaysians. And even before opening a factory in Johor, Dyson had sources plastic parts and components from Malaysian producers. Right. So if you say that Malaysia missed out, Han, what about Britain? Can you imagine what's happening there? Well, I mean, already <laughs> there's so much talk about Brexit and you know businesses moving away from, from the country. So uh, Dyson is now saying that the decision to take manufacturing to Singapore has nothing to do with Brexit. In fact, uh, they say that you know at present... They don't they don't do any of their manufacturing in the UK. But if you, the decision is hardly a vote of confidence for the UK, is it? Yeah, but if you look at the numbers, right, Asia, I think uh, 73% of Dyson's growth came from Asia. While, you know, Europe grew at 21% and America grew at 19%. So Asia is a big chunk of where their business is coming because from. Because we love uh, to vacuum. And, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we need our hair dryers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think what, what Dyson said was that you know, Asia has become their new centre of gravity, right? Mm. Um, so this puts Malaysia, I mean, just to kind of bring it home and more relatable to us, you know, I mean, this puts Malaysia in a tough spot because now you've got Dyson who are saying, well, they're going to build electric vehicles down south in Singapore. Well, guess what? Then up north, Vietnam also have just launched their new electric vehicle plant. That's a private uh, enterprise as well. It's called, Is it a car? Yeah. Uh, electric vehicle is called VinFast. You can go check it out. They're also set to launch a sedan version of that soon as well. And even for the one in Vietnam, they built this huge plant and they're saying they've got to ramp up capacity somehow. And part of the plan is to build electric vehicles, perhaps for other badges across the region. Mm-hmm. So in other words, Vietnam, they got their EV, they want to expand outwards, Singapore, obviously outwards, China and all that. Where does that leave Malaysia? And are we behind already? Because Dyson's timeline is what, 2020, 2021? Yeah, Vietnam's already there, right? Thailand is obviously a leader when it comes to existing manufacturing capabilities there. So where does that leave Malaysia? Are we behind? Can we ramp up fast enough? Okay, so in terms of our third <laughs> national car project, we have Mitty saying that um, they're opening the doors for uh, German firms to, to come in and explore opportunities. Uh, they're willing to consider proposals from German companies. Yeah, but so far, I don't think we have any names yet. Uh, we have the Deputy Minister of uh, uh, Mitty, Ong Keming, saying that um, a lot of uh, ge- auto companies, German auto companies, have a successful track record in assembling vehicles in Malaysia while using a lot of parts manufactured locally. But at the moment, I think he hasn't revealed any names, but he's said, although he did say that an announcement would be made in the future. Okay, so in terms of timeline, 
we're significantly behind the curve if we're only soliciting for proposals at this point in time. Yeah, that's right. Because you had uh, Toyota themselves, right? Last year, they embarked on this EV journey. And even back then, you had Toyota already saying, well, we might be late, a little bit late to the game. That was the exact phrase used by Toyota president Akio Toyota, a little bit late. And that was last year. So here we are now. Now, the saving grace that we have, and this is something I learned on the Breakfast Grill with the Malaysian Automotive Institute, is that the Malaysian government, at least under the previous administration, Topaz time under Miti, they actually developed IPs, intellectual properties, for some of these electric vehicle powertrains. So we have that advantage. The battery, the battery yeah, right? Yeah, right. So can we monetize it? And I think more importantly, can we monetize it fast enough, again, in light of what's happening in Singapore, what's happening in Vietnam, what's happening in China, ar- around the world? Actually, Tesla, for, of course. for Dyson, their electric car, they, they haven't revealed what kind of batteries the new car will use oh, yet. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there's opportunity still, perhaps, well, to get um, in the door? Well, I'm reading some reports, and they have really decided on the solid state, which is uh, supposedly cheaper um, you know, versus other kinds of uh, technology. But yeah. from where? Uh, probably that. Well, don't we, we don't know much detail. <laughs> yeah. uh, we don't know. We don't have a lot of information about this car from Dyson but the ex- the experts are speculating that uh, Dyson could aim for a premium product. And I, I don't know whether um, is it significant that we, do we need to be first mover in this industry, Han? I mean if you're a little late to the game, does that mean that it's necessarily a bad thing? And also, yeah, and, and whether or not it can make money. I mean, look at what's happening with Tesla. They're struggling to see profits, mm. right? Yeah, well, you know, during the last few minutes that we have been speaking, do you know that Tesla's burn rate, do you know what their burn rate is? Uh, in one year, they spend $3 billion US dollars. In uh, about a minute, uh, they spend uh, 7000 US dollars. Okay, so that was 7000 US dollars uh, in the lead up to the 8 o'clock news. Bulletin. Uh, it's going to be brought to you uh, by Linmark. But stay tuned after that. We have the Breakfast Grill with the uh, group CEO of Maybank Global Banking, Datuk Muzaffar Hisham. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Good morning, you're listening to The Morning Run 8.48. Right now, Melissa, Joyce and Han here with you today as we take a look at the top business stories of the of the day. Circumetric is looking to raise as much as 17 million ringgit from its IPO on the 13th of November. Now, um, Circumetric is going to be listing on the ACE market of Bursa, Malaysia, and they're principally involved in um, digital security solutions. Also, I believe, the trading of uh, electronic identification products. Yeah, so they offer digital digital security products and solutions across uh, the region, namely here in Malaysia, Vietnam, the Philippines, Indonesia and Singapore. Looking at their IPO uh, listing, they're issuing up to 68 million new shares and I think the IPO price will be at 25 cents. Alright, so here we've got another IPO lined up for the ACE market, right? Which still begs the question what's going on with the big ticket IPOs, right? Mm. Because on the main market so far this year, we have only seen just one one IPO so far this year on the main market. Uh, well, yeah, let me find out for you in just a bit. But you compare that to last year's main market IPOs. There was six last year, uh, six for the ACE market and two for the LEAP market. This year, right now, it's main market one, ACE market could be nine, LEAP market eight. So quite the growth I story there for the LEAP market. The main market uh, company is Me Equipment Holdings. Okay, yeah. 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 M-I. M-I. Yeah, I think you spoke to them on the breakfast grill, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Short term memory. Sorry, MI Equipment. Right, so I'm wondering what this signals, right? Does it mean that... A couple of things it signals to me. I'm where I think that perhaps the market conditions are just not right for big ticket listings, and you know the the big companies are holding off on it. Whereas perhaps more retail investors are liking the smaller, smaller to uh, small to mid cap companies. So that's why we're seeing a lot more listings in the ACE market and the deep market. 
What do you guys think? Yeah, but also it'll be interesting to see how when Securometric lists, how will the stock perform, whether or not there's demand for uh, its stock and for new listings on yeah. Bursa. And then you see these Malaysian companies who are listing uh, in Singapore, in Hong Kong, right? Then you, you can't help but think about the opportunity cost, right? You know, that could have been a growth story for Malaysian, uh, Malaysian uh, retail investors and also institutional investors, right? We could have been a part of that. But these companies are perhaps seeing better potential to raise more capital in Hong Kong or in Singapore, right? So, I mean, question marks about uh, Bursa moving forward as well because uh, we, uh, well, according to news reports, we could see a new uh, boss leading yes, Bursa mm, Malaysia, right? So, could there be a, um, shall we say, tweaking of the regulations to make it more IPO-friendly, dual-class shares maybe? Who knows? Well, that's, I think, still still in um, under review, right? Mm. But the, the other thing is, could we see after Budget 20 2019, if we might, we might even see a capital gains tax, yeah. and that could, um, I guess, you know, deter the investing uh, environment. Um, but if you take a look at the regional equities now, yesterday Bursa ended 20, almost 25 points lower as uh, Asian equities plunged. Uh, Asian equities taking a lead from Wall Street's negative performance, and there was persistent selling of heavyweights um, among in the local market. Yeah, you know, so looking at how Asian stocks, uh, uh, well, we'll find out how the FBM KLCI opens in less than five minutes from now. Of course, other regional equities as well. But uh, like you heard on the news just now, the Kospi is in the green right now. S&P, SX200 in the green as well. Could China and uh, also the uh, FBM KLCI and the Straits Times Index actually follow uh, what those early indicators are showing in Asian markets? But we look at the performance of Singapore Straits Times. They lost about 0.4% and uh Jakarta fell 0.7%. The Philippines dropped 0.5%. So it's a whole regional trend. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have on WhatsApp Chow Yi Ming saying, Han, he feels for you. Thank you, buddy. Bro code. <laughs> hey, please. Hey, Yi Ming. Hey. Help and me we out also here. have uh, Robert Lim on WhatsApp saying, Dyson was probably holding up for the best offer, um, which is mostly probably automated manufacturing. And we should be looking for partnerships that involve technology transfer so that we benefit more in both depth and breadth. Actually, whatever it is, Asia is the, the place for Dyson right now. If you look at their earnings, 73% of Dyson's growth come from Asia. Europe grew only 21%. America America grew 19%. We like our vacuum cleaners. Yeah. <laughs> and cars. And fans. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's right. Hot, hot, hot. hot. <laughs> well, And look, Malaysia actually has a trump card in this as well because we learned on the Breakfast Grill with the Malaysia Automotive Institute, again, you can find that podcast on Spotify now, um, that Malaysia, under the previous uh, MITI, under Tok Pastime, actually developed IPs and, and now actually holds intellectual property, intellectual property for these EV powertrains, right? So, so we could monetize that actually. Uh, but uh, again, in light of what's happening in Vietnam, Singapore, China, obviously, and of course, what the European automakers are doing, of course, Tesla. Here's a fun fact for you. Since we started talking about uh, the, the Dyson story about uh, 13 minutes ago mm-hmm, or so, mm-hmm. right? So Tesla would have spent about 90, over 90,000 US dollars. Their burn rate is 7,000 US dollars per minute. Wow, that's so, insane. I don't know who can, who has that financial wherewithal to, to challenge that. Yeah. Can you imagine? Uh, right. well, Dyson, maybe? Melissa? No. <laughs> no, that's pocket change. That's pocket change. All right, we've got the 9 o'clock news bulletin coming up next. And Lynn Mark will bring you the opening numbers from Bursa Malaysia. So stay tuned. BFM 89.9. 
keeping you on track for peak business performance with the new Volvo XC40, the expression of innovation. Volvo, made by Sweden. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.